1: Is
2: part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In
0: 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant, and the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might get winners here for the world Flashed in the shot. What a goal! Oh! Well, the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 club
2: Through into the FA Cup quarterfinals. What a time to be a Wolves fan. Fantastic win over Bristol City at Ashton Gates. We look ahead though to the next game in the Premier League. It's Bournemouth away. Your away perspective comes from Rob Meach. We also discussed That United tie in the next round of the FA Cup. We talk ticketing allocations and also stadium development, plus everything in between. Hello welcome to episode 65 of the 77 Club. Your pundits this week are Harry Mansell. Hello everyone. Jack Williams. Hi guys. And Dave Azapardi from Talking Wolves. Hello. Uh, you've just done a competition, haven't you, Dave, uh, for a Wolf shirt just as the uh, sale kicked off.
3: Uh, that was a total coincidence. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just kidding. Nice to have you here. Uh, Harry, just remind us of the socials. Oh uh, yeah, uh, The Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please write and subscribe. Cheers.
3: And Dave, where can we find Talking Wolves? Uh, At Talking Walls on Twitter and Instagram, Talking Walls on YouTube and Facebook.
2: Perfect. Okay, we'll start with Bristol City away. Wolves through to an FA Cup quarter final for the first time since the 2002 2003 season. First time as a top flight club
4: since 1980 81. Harry, when that team came out, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I was pretty happy. There was only like the three changes, wasn't there, from uh, I'd say our strongest team with Ruddy and that in there. But yeah, I was very happy with it and I believe we could win, and thankfully we did, didn't we? So. Jack, we'll just do a rundown of that
2: team. It's Ruddy, Bennett, Cody, Bolly, Doty, Dendonka, Sace, Matinho, Johnny, Jimenez and Cavalero you were in that away end you're slightly worse away i mean jaeger bombs at half past 12 is never a good idea
1: is it <laughs> yeah it wasn't really and especially a one o'clock kickoff on a sunday i didn't think i'd be that bad but um turns out i was yeah so um <laughs> shocking yeah um but yeah team selection i was quite happy with it obviously i'd have liked it to have been the strongest team i made the points about that on the podcast on previous weeks but i kind of always knew at the back of my mind it would have been ruddy um jota has obviously you know had a Bit of an injury lately, so I didn't mind him not being involved. And then apart from um, apart from Neves, really, being the centre of the park, it was pretty much our strongest team. So, yeah, I was happy and I thought it was a team that had enough to win the game. And, you know, we did in the end. Dave, what do you think of Nuno's
2: game plan versus Lee Johnson's? Because it, it seemed to me that Bristol City had their game plan and they were always going to stick to it. But in that first half, everything was going through. Matt Doherty at right
3: back and it just wasn't, it just wasn't being marked. Yeah, I think that was. I said it in my match review. I think it was really naive from Bristol City and Lee Johnson because yeah, Matt, Matt Doherty is arguably, arguably get my words out, being one of Wall's strongest players this year. And the amount of room and space he was having on that right hand side uh, against Bristol City was ridiculous. And obviously, we could have been two or three up at half time. I think obviously they sort of sussed at half time, they needed to go out and attack. Um, and Wolves sort of realised they needed to sit back and defend. So it didn't affect them as much in the second half. But in the first half, yeah, um, I think that was poor man management, really, by uh, Bristol City. Harry,
2: there's a passage of play down that right hand side. We know how. Fruitful It can be, especially the amount of goals and the ones that he's been part of in Matt Doty this season.
4: He, he was the difference in that first half, but how would you compare that to the second half that he had? Well, yeah, it was the classic saying, wasn't it? It was a game of two halves, like Davis mentioned there. First half, we were brilliant. We had a lot of chances, and then... I was thinking that we were going to come out second half and be relatively comfortable again and go on to win the game with ease. But to be fair to Bristol, they came out and uh, did well and they had a few really good chances and we got away with a few. And fair play to Ruddy. We all wanted Patricio in, like we said last week on here, but he was had safe hands. He made a couple of good saves. So, yeah, all round, I'm glad we got the win. We scraped through it in the end and Bristol did give it a go second half, to be fair to him, He made a good... Sort of reaction save, didn't he, Jack? Uh, against Matty Taylor,
2: just stuck out an arm, and thankfully that was enough.
1: Yeah, obviously you can't. The thing is now you can't actually fault his performance. So this obviously brings <laughs> ra- brings around the question of uh, who should be in goal for Man United, which we might talk about in a bit. But yeah, a it, true professional. I mean, Bristol City will probably be a bit disappointed that they didn't manage to capitalise on some of the chances they had, because um, they had, did have some some you know the ball in some great positions, and some great cutbacks that they sort of squandered, but. In the first half, if I think if we gone in at half-time, like 2-0 up, then that game would have been over. I thought a second goal when we were on top would have absolutely killed that game. And it would have been a lot more comfortable. But, you know, again, another sort of classic football saying is, you know, one nil, one nil up isn't enough, is it? So... Is that a classic football saying or just made that up? Probably not. I think we
2: should yeah, make yeah. it one. We'll make it one. It's got no,
1: legs, Jack. I, I think what I was going for then is a mixture of uh, two nils, a difficult scoreline. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Something else, yeah. But yeah, and but- a bird in hand is worth two in a bush. <laughs> yeah, you so, got it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. That uh, famous saying. Uh, Den Donker came close with a chance, didn't he, Dave? And just unfortunately hit it straight
3: at Frank Fielding. Yeah, I mean... Dendog has had a couple of those sort of chances. He's he's making really positive runs, to be honest, from midfield, and the players are finding him. I know he had a a chance similar against Everton before he'd scored, um, but he's getting in the right places, and I think he could be potentially, a bit of work on that finishing, he could potentially become a a decent goal-scorer midfielder.
2: Moutinho's allowing him to roam almost, isn't he, Harry, in in the way that, uh, well, he was given the man of the match award after the game, Moutinho. So uh, how much of an impact did he have on the game? Obviously, uh, tips us free kick onto the bar Frank Field in from Matinho
4: yeah Matinho has been absolutely brilliant the last few weeks he's, uh, he's just so good on the ball isn't he and he's a joy to watch and Consistently, he's, he's he's there, isn't he, at the moment? And he's one of them where he's eight out of ten of the game, so fair play to him. And just on Den Donker there, like his box to box work is incredible. And I agree with Dave, if he could uh, up his finishing a bit, he will come up with a few goals. So, and I remember Gibbs White had one, didn't he, when he came on? I think he went through one on one and uh, hit straight at the keeper, so there were the chances there. But yeah, Dendonka and Matinho, brilliant, I love them. And uh, I think Neves obviously slot back in for the next game with him instead of Sace, but.
2: Yeah. It was sort of backs the wall Jack in that last 10 minutes and Marlon Pack who I believe had 8 stitches in his ankle after that last game um, which is why he came on so I'm surprised he played at all but actually one of the main talking points and actually a shot on target was the goalkeeper Frank Fielding when he uh, sort of chested it down and volleyed <laughs> it and, and
1: really managed to save <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah I mean everyone loves to see a goalkeeper go up and score don't they but I don't think I'd have been too happy about that. <laughs> but but yeah that's the thing it was considering the chances we had in the game think back to you know the chances created Jimenez you know it in the bar slash post whatever it was as well it was less comfortable than it needed to be particularly towards the end and we were we were holding on but we got the job done we all said before that so many premier league teams have slipped up away at championship uh, championships opposition so far in the tournament we just need to get through it because it doesn't matter and if we get through it whether it's 1-0 10-0 or 16-15 as long as we're through i names <laughs> in the hat <laughs> it doesn't matter does it so
2: one of those other famous sayings there, <laughs> Dave. In terms of substitutions, what are your thoughts on those? If mean, didn't get much of a run out, did he?
3: No, but it was strange because I actually thought the game, especially with how Bristol City were playing, if if he brought a on for fifty sixty minutes in. I thought he would have had so much time to run at that high Bristol City line and he opted for Morgan Gibbs-White, which is an equally strange move, I think. But um, he came on eventually, but with two minutes to go, when we were only one the look, I half expected a more defensive change. So the last few weeks have been a bit strange. I'm not knocking it because we're getting the the points, aren't we? But yeah, I think, you know, we see all this stuff in the news this week about Adama wanting to improve, but with two minutes at the end of a game in the FA Cup, he's not going to get much improvement doing there
2: and also it was 92 minutes for for Jimenez and obviously he's going to have one eye on his fitness for the upcoming games now which are obviously going to come thick and fast Uh, but Harry I suppose are you in the same camp as Dave is that bringing on that teenager that's never scored a goal for Wolves in his career yet
4: uh, is probably not going to quite get you that second goal that you need uh, maybe it's something to do with it being the FA Cup and he's wanted to give Gibbs White a run out because obviously Traore in the league probably would have come on but it was an important game and we were struggling so yeah, I agree with Dave we should have brought Traore on to hit him on the break but it wasn't to be Um like we say we can't really question Nuno's judgment because it's working we're flying so but talking to Nuno He's, after post-match comments were hilarious wasn't it when he was showing the replay of the handball did you see that yeah no. Dirty D- 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 like blatantly handballed it and he, I think he called him is it Rowan Atkinson his name or he called him yeah, like the wrong yeah, name he basically <laughs> called him Mr Bean Mister Bean, yeah, yeah. Bean, and he was like yeah no penalty for me and him and Paul Lynch were like arguing I thought that was brilliant but yeah back onto the subs He does make some questionable subs sometimes. He's one of them, Nuno. You can never guess what he's going to do, but as long as we win, I don't
1: care. You can never guess what he's going to do. I thought that he could always predict his substitutions at the start of the season, to be fair. Yeah, you could, but (laughs) now, like lately, the last, you know, the last month or so. I thought it was weird against against Newcastle when he just, he brought the wingers on straight away and it was Cavan Costa, because I thought Tororo, given his recent performances, probably played himself into coming on before them in the pecking order, but he does like bringing Tororo on late, doesn't he? Like really late or too late, Mm -hmm. as you say, but yeah. Yeah, strange substitutions. It is hard to predict, but it worked. Here's Nuno.
2: Tough, but happy. Very, very happy. Very happy for the boys. Very happy for our fans. Two different parts. I think the first half was totally ours. We had chances to play really, really well. Maybe we could put the the game to bed in that moment because it was really well played. We were able to be brave and hold on to our box, put bodies in front of the goal with Big John. We were very happy. So a bit of a shout out for John Ruddy there. I think that's probably the most excited I've heard Nuno (laughs) post-match. uh very very excited there and didn't even use the word proud which uh, for him is something of a of a thing so um in in terms of the whole game i i thought the atmosphere wasn't too bad i mean the wolves fans are in full full voice and absolutely fantastic again
3: what was it like in there dave I wasn't there, to be honest. Excellent. one. I can't remember. I was one of the plastic. Yeah, I should have br- <laughs> pretended I was drunk, but I wasn't there.
4: <laughs> no, I wasn't there either. I watched it on telly, and on telly the atmosphere, like not the we could hear the wolves fans, but the home atmosphere didn't sound very loud uh, from the telly. But what, was it loud, Jack? You were there, drunk, but you were there. Um, it,
1: it seemed great, yeah. I had a great time when we scored. It was good. but uh, <laughs> Well, no, I think considering it was a, a one o'clock kickoff on a Sunday, everyone was really up for it. You know, nice game away at Bristol. It's only down the road. It's, uh, a, you know, a chance for an FA Cup quarter final and it's only £12 a ticket. Then everyone's going to be happy, aren't they? Especially when we're one up.
2: It was well priced, wasn't it? I think that's good, good work by Bristol City, to be fair, because some of these games, especially when they get these kind of teams in that you don't get to see every week and it's a Premier League quality team Um, so so well done to them Uh, Here's Jimenez We knew that we had to score and then have the manage of the game so the first half I think it was very good the second half we have a little bit more problems there, troubles but we knew how to improve and maintain our clean sheet he is becoming more and more of a talisman,
4: isn't he, Harry, every single week that he plays. Is it the signing of the season? Well, if we do sign him, yeah. Um, I think he's been brilliant. I think he's been quiet the last two games. He was all right against Bristol, but um, obviously he didn't get his goal. But yeah, he's been incredible. Um, his goals, his assists. My worry was during the first part of the season, which we've discussed on here many a times is, is he clinical enough in front of goal? But he was making up for it with his hold up playing, his assists. So yeah, if he adds, if he gets like 15 to 20 goals this year, Incredible, so yeah, we've got to sign him, and uh, he is our talisman, as you say.
2: Let's have a look at those man of the mountain, uh, man of the match shouts. Then, Dave, <laughs> will start with you. All right, miss <laughs> 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 the man mountain it is. Dave has a party. Who was your man of the match?
3: Uh oh, difficult one for me. To be fair, I mean, I think players were good, but no one really stood out for me as such. Um, so, I'll probably just for his work rate right on the the right hand side. I'll go with Doc.
4: Uh Matinho for me. Yeah, I like the thought Matino played well. But yeah, Doc's a close
1: second, definitely. Jack, finish us off, so to speak. Matinho was, I thought Matinho was the best player on the pitch um, by a long way. I think I texted you that after the game, actually, Just didn't I? Put, yeah. that, put that in the group. So yeah, Matinho. Probably left
2: a drunk message as well. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know probably, how it is. Yeah. It's probably trying to, <laughs> trying to slide in your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it's Manchester United in the next round. and Who? <laughs> What, yeah, exactly. What's everyone's thoughts on that? I mean, everyone was thinking it was going to be City. We got half of it right. It was a Manchester club.
1: And I think a home tie was the most important thing that we could take from it. I'll, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll come in on that. Um, watching the draw, let's just go to the draw. So we've got a home tie. We're thinking this is, could be the near perfect draw here. This could. we got a home. There's three balls left the balls of Man United, Millwall, and Brighton. And who do we get? <laughs> so yeah, that was annoying, in, man. in the terms of that, it, it, it wasn't perfect, but it's one of those that I was like, oh, you just wanted to avoid ball 4 or 5, which was City and United, didn't you? And I was like, oh, for God's sake. But then after thinking about it for like an hour, two hours a day, I'm so excited now. This is going to be brilliant, especially yeah. now Now we know it's confirmed. It's Saturday night at Molyneux under the floodlights. You know, it's going to be, everyone's going to be so up for it. We're going to be buzzing. And there's no reason why we can't beat them. I know they've improved a lot under Solskjaer. They've improved a lot under Sol- Solskjaer, but if you look at the, the teams they've won against, there's, you know, arguably not the best. Obviously, they are really, really good away at Chelsea the other night, but Chelsea have been so such a mixed bag lately that we you don't know if that's a true representation. And... It's one of these where
3: it, I'm just—it's just so exciting. I think we 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 can do, them. we
1: can beat anyone at home uh, in in any game. I think we're, we're that good a team now that we can.
3: It's sod's law though who's going to be United, but at the end of the day, if we're going to win the FA Cup, we're probably going to have to beat either Man City or Man United. So, you know, to get them now, I think the a big advantage is obviously that we've got them as Mo, at Molyneux, as you say. It's no doubt going to be a sellout under the lights. It's going to be cracking and. Um, I think yeah you know, we we could do them uh, as long as we know the walls um the, the walls that we've seen this season turns up on that saturday I think we've got a good chance of maybe getting to Wembley Harry Yeah well I'm a bit worried because obviously it's man united like they're flying
4: they'll they really want to win the FA Cup, especially Solskjaer, to try and get the job yeah. full-time for a start. So that worries me a little bit. But to flip it a little bit, I do think we can beat them. I think we can if we play our strongest team. It'd be a great atmosphere on the Saturday night. And I would, like Dave said there, we've got to play everyone at some point. So I'd rather have a chance of knocking these out, getting them out of the way, and then maybe get lucky and get a Watford or something in the semis. But it would have been nice to get Millwall at home. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to beat everyone to win the Cup. So... I believe on our day, we can beat them. With a bit of luck and they don't turn up, we can beat them. Played Manchester United eight times
2: in the FA Cup and goes back to 1949. And always played in front of big crowds. Uh, 53,000 at Molyneux in 1965. Same again when we beat Manchester United in 1966. 40,000 as well. It, you know, the, these are these are big crowds. So, I mean... The last time we played them, and it will sort of ring true, was a three-nil defeat back in two thousand and six. In terms of how big this game is, do you think it is the game of the
1: of the round? Oh, a million percent. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's mm. why it's, that's why it's on prime time, BBC One at, at, at five to eight. So straight away, it's, it's definitely the tie of the round. But similarly. Um, if you're thinking about how the Man United fans reacted to playing us, they didn't want to play us either. They'd have much preferred to avoid us because away at Wolves, apart from away at Man City, away at Wolves is probably the next hardest hardest game mm, for them. Definitely, yeah. And if you think now we've got to play Man United twice at home now before the end of the season, I'm almost certain we'll get a result in one of those two games. It's just a case of which one. Which one do you think it'll be? hopefully the FA Cup it probably <laughs> yeah. probably be the league but but, yeah. <laughs> but it depends because as, as the guy said because Man United this might be their only chance of a you know a trophy realistically let's be honest now um, uh, this season so they're going to be up for it but I suppose at the same time it's our only chance for a trophy as well so we should be up for it and at home at home you've got to fancy us you got we've got to think we've got a chance and we definitely have got more than a chance
2: Perfect. Okay. Uh, We'll move on now to the next game, which is a Premier League fixture against Bournemouth Away. Let's get your away perspective.
0: The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Rob, thanks for coming on. Oh,
2: you're welcome. Now, just give us a plug of what you are in this capacity.
5: Okay. So, uh, I'm a a freelance sports journalist and I'm also an AFC Bournemouth fan. Uh, I've been watching them for uh, about 25 years.
2: Right. Okay. So, this weekend, big game, really, I think, in in the context of of how things are going to finish up. come the end of the season. Only six points between Wolves and Bournemouth. Bournemouth obviously had that brilliant start to the season and sort of tailed off a little bit. Uh, it was a win at Molyneux last time out. What's the situation going to be like at the Vitality Stadium this time around?
5: Well, our home form has been been very consistent all season. Um, we had a 4-0 win against Chelsea last time out. Um, a couple of away defeats since then. Our away form has been, been very poor, but uh, I think it'll be confident that um, it should be a very good game at the Vitality. Um, one that maybe both will be hopeful of winning.
2: How do you reckon the Cherries will line up for this one? Starting eleven wise.
5: I think it'll be a four-four-two. Um, Arti Borchin goal. He's he's done very well since he replaced uh, Begovic. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, Steve Crook, Ake, and Smith at the back. Uh, Gosling and Lerma with probably Ryan Fraser and Jordan Nye and then I would imagine it will be a Solankean king with Wilson injured at the moment.
2: Lots of decent players in that 11 for Bournemouth. They've got a lot of pedigree. Most of it is from Merseyside, it does seem. (laughs) Um, Do you think that will will play a part? You know, people like Jordan Ibe and, and, and Dan Gosling and people like that. Do you think that having played together quite a lot in a previous life that will help when it comes to Saturday.
5: Yeah, it does seem that Liverpool become our feeder club really which is very <laughs> strange but yeah, we do have a, a very big Merseyside element. I think a lot of the players are growing together. They, You mentioned Ibe there, he's been with us for a couple of years and I think it's probably fair to say that he's not really hit the heights that we expected from a, a £50 million signing. He's shown glimpses Solanke's obviously a new boy at the club Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in in action and and how he links up really Nathaniel Klein I have to say has been excellent since he joined us on loan so uh, he's been a a really solid player for us
2: Just about to ask you about him was that a really good piece of business by Eddie Howe?
5: Yeah I think so Uh, You know, it was widely reported that it was uh, a bit of a battle between us and Cardiff but um, he's slotted in perfectly Uh, he really hasn't needed any transitional period at all um, and also, crucially, it's allowed um, Adam Smith to play at left back uh, since he came back from injury. And that's we've got a much better balance in the back four now, and probably a little bit more solid than we were a couple of months ago.
2: Since we last spoke, what have you thought of Wolves?
5: I think they've been excellent. Um, I think maybe people have been waiting for them to have a bit of a dip in form, and it's not really happened. Um, you know, a lot of noteworthy results against against the bigger teams, and maybe a few slip-ups against the lesser sides, but you scored a lot of late goals as well, and that's kept the momentum going, Uh, and I think that all bodes well for this weekend for a really good game.
2: Neck on the line time, score prediction, what do you reckon?
5: Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1 to us. Uh, I think our home form, as I said, has been very good all season. Um, Away form, disappointing, but in front of the fans at the vitality, uh, a good game, both teams to score, and I think 2-1 Bournemouth.
2: Perfect, Rob. Well, thanks for talking to the 77 Club.
5: You're welcome.
0: The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say?
2: So, Rob, going with a 2-1 win. Let's have a look at that team last time out against Bournemouth. Obviously, the game bet- before the Liverpool game back in December. Pretty much the strongest team that we'd probably all agree on, bar Gibbs-White starting that game. And uh, you'd expect Den Donker to retain his place for that one.
4: Harry... That team is starting to pick itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, I think we pretty much know what it's going to be. And I remember you mentioned the reverse leg there. I think it was 2-0, wasn't it? And we got that late goal at the end from Cav. And it was a tough game. They played well Bournemouth that day. I think um, the result didn't tell the full story, to be honest. So it's going to be a toughie, a tough place to go. Obviously, we've been all buzzing about the FA Cup, but it's back to the league. And hopefully we can continue our momentum in the league. And we're unbeaten for a bit now. and. It'll uh, get us, uh, you know, get us a better chance of finishing seventh if we do win. And I think we can. It just depends on the mindset of the players. I think I got carried away with
1: the FA Cup as well, man. I just, can we just play Man United this week? <laughs> 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 just, 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 it's just been like, just taken over, hasn't it, really? Particularly now we've got through and all the excitement. You always sort of forgot that we had a league game against Bournemouth on on Saturday. But yeah, it's not a, not an easy place to go, but... I think we are the better team and there's no reason why we can't definitely go there and and play our game and and get a result. And um, yeah... Uh, yeah honestly you've got to be looking at these sort of games where we can pick up points and we don't want to take our foot off the gas or uh, or get distracted by the cup like I have so yeah I'm sure they'll go there it'll be, the, it'll be the strongest team it'll be a professional performance and yeah there's no reason why we won't get something. Dave Nathaniel
2: Klein obviously Rob pointed him out as being the difference for them since his January move do you think that I a uh, I don't know sort of exciting to potentially see Jotter up against him in that role?
3: Yeah, I think that would be an an interesting head-to-head. I think Klein's a very good player. Obviously, couldn't quite break through at Liverpool. Had a few uh, fitness and injury issues. So, definitely a good signing for him. Um, Obviously, with him getting plenty of football now, at a decent club in the Premier League. Uh, But I think overall, it's going to be a a tough game. Bournemouth have been very good at home um, this season. I think, uh, you know, they've lost against... The last six games they've lost at home were against the top six. So, um, they, they don't drop many points. Um, but on the other hand, we're pretty good away and we've been okay away this season. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting tie. And Harry, is there a, another player
2: that stands out for you? I think one probably for me would be uh, Ake. Uh, he uh, can sometimes
4: blow hot and cold. Right, is it Brooks, the winger? Yeah,
3: whatever? he's injured, I think. Though. I oh, think is he injured? injured. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he was
4: playing him, he's uh, he looks pretty good. But yeah, is good. I don't know, I'll be honest. I don't really know many of their players, um, their <laughs> threats, but yeah, they're a good team, as we know, and hopefully we can do the business on them. Jack, one of those games where it's going to be decided in the middle of
2: the park. Obviously, the quality that Wolves have in that in that diamond.
1: Yeah, but a lot of teams, particularly when we we in previous previously earlier in the season, were playing against teams in the lower half. We, there was always the sort of worry that they could come in and flood the midfield. But since they brought Donker in and played, played the three, it hasn't really happened. So I think if the battle is won in midfield, we've got we've got a great chance of getting something from the game. And yeah, it's a difficult place to go. But but yeah, why not? I haven't seen that midfield particularly overrun yet since, since his start and brought Dendonker in. I think he's really complemented Neves and Matinho really well and allowed them to play their game. And I'm very, very impressed with that. Anyone notice how
2: uh, deep... Connor Cody was against Bristol City almost sitting behind the defence and making that sweeper roll his own because Dave if there's one thing he can do it's, it's make a 60 yard pass isn't it
3: yeah I mean that ball to to dock to start off the the goal was fantastic and obviously every time they sh- showed a replay it started off with that it was a tremendous ball but yeah some of his passing this season has been fantastic and um, he's taken that sweeper role and made it his own hasn't he certainly has uh, we'll go around we'll do a score prediction Harry what are you going to go for
4: um because of the FA Cup distraction and things like that I think we'll draw a 1-1 I'm going to go with 1-0 away victory
3: I'm going to go for a 1-1 as well
4: Perfect Okay uh, We'll
2: move on now to your latest betting odds and ticket use
0: Hi I'm Chris Kamara. You're listening to The 77 Club and it's unbelievable Jeff
4: So we've had some bets sent over from our partners at Fans Bet. We've got Ivan Cavalero to score and Wolves to win 1-0 was thirty to one? I'm guessing that is, and now it's twenty three to two. Does that sound right? I guess I'm reading that wrong. That sounds pretty high, that doesn't it? That's the day, Harry. Twenty three to two. Yeah, uh, cut that out, Sam. <laughs> Oh, my word. Sorry, I was reading the date. I was reading the date on the it, it, second. It, one. Was, it was
1: 30, and now it's the 28th of February. <laughs> <Now> <laughs> it's the 23rd
4: of <laughs> the second. No, sorry, yeah, so I'll start that again. Yeah, so Ivan Caballero to score and Wolves to win 1 0. It, it was 30 to 1. Now it is 35 to 1, so that's pretty decent. Matt Stake is £25, but I'm sure that's pretty, pretty enough. Uh, another one we've got here is Ruben Nevis to score and Wolves to win 3 1. Was 70 to 1, now it's 80 to 1. That is mad. Uh, Raul Jimenez to score and Wolves to draw two two was thirty. Now you can get thirty five. And Wolves to win and over two point five goals in the match was four point two five to one. Now it's four point seven five to one. So yeah, some pretty good bets in there. I don't know what we're going to back, lads. What do you reckon? I'm going to back that. It's going to be, <laughs> be that, on the twenty third I- of the second. You can, <laughs> can have that 20, on. 23rd of.
1: Preferred of February at Darlington, please. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Dan, I need your back, mate. We need you to get my back to rip really oh,
2: There you go. The only person that doesn't know what day of the week it is whilst <laughs> knowing what day of the week it is. Jack, uh, its jack your ticket news.
1: Right, I'm going to mix it up a bit. I'm just going to start with Man United because that's all anyone cares about because that news has literally broken uh, in the last couple of hours, the ticket news there. So we know that the home game in the Cup against Man United will be played on the 16th of March, at 7.55pm kickoff. Season ticket holders have until midnight on the 4th of March to claim their seats, and then they're on the points as of the 5th of March. The Man new fans for that one are in the steeple lower and the quadrant, obviously a bigger allocation there because it is an FA Cup game. So, season ticket holders, they are priced at £35 in the Billy Wright upper, £30 in the Steve Ball, £27 in the Billy Wright lower, behind the goals £27 and in the green stand £22. Non-season ticket holders, £40 for non-season ticket holders if you sit sit in the Billy Wright upper, £35 in the Steve Ball, £32 in the Billy Wright lower, £30 behind the goals and £25 in the green stand. Looking at the league games, we know Bournemouth sold out. Uh, Cardiff is sold out. Huddersfield is sold out. Uh, I was looking at Chelsea tickets earlier. They're currently on sale to season ticket holders with least 1,080 points. And there were eight tickets left online. So uh, by the time this goes out, there probably won't be any left, to be honest. So they're all sold out. But, <laughs> but Man <my> United, yay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, perfect. Okay, make sure you head on to Fans Bet. Sign up as a Wolves fan. And uh, make sure you tick the 77 Club Box, sorry Dave That's right.
4: <laughs> Hi I'm Steve Ball And you're listening to the 77 Club
2: So we're looking at uh, the redevelopment of Molyneux Steeple stand will be the first to be expanded It's going to be 46,000 seater stadium in total Not the stand Work <laughs> won't start in the summer though Dave you're saying you've done a video on this Just yeah. what have you been
3: finding out about it? Well obviously I think the original plans were well last year they are on about moving the ground, obviously we know they're staying at Molyneux now Um, and I think the initial plans was to do the South Bank first, then the Steve Ball, but I think they've sort of realised the Steve Ball redevelopment is good for more reasons than one, they can get more corporate sales. I think they're the people in the boxes at the moment, they could f- fit 300 people and they're looking to get that up to 2,000. So the amount of money they make off that straight away uh, with the sales of boxes and so on is massive. Um, and I think they're just tr- probably filling that sort of quadrant in between the North Bank and the, the Steve Bull as well. So start that off that redevelopment. And I think that'll look uh, brilliant once it's done as well. It's
2: quite interesting today, a bit of boring bit about news of the merger of Sainsbury's and Asda, which might end up having to sell off certain stores to be okay with the competition and markets authority so you never know what's going to happen i
4: suppose and the fact that they've maybe put it off this summer plays a part in that but harry what are your thoughts on it yeah i think it's a uh, time that we need to uh, you know build on the stadium with how good we're doing and the steve ball i had a seen ticket in there about five years ago and it does need updating especially being in the north bank now and seeing you know the, what the improvements can do? Seeing yeah. all that rainfall on you, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but it's really tight in the Steve and You know, it's a, it's had its day, I think. So it's good that they're doing that, and i and I hear that they're going to keep it, so you know they ain't going to lose too many seats during the, the building.
1: Like you know, they're going to keep um, a bit of it open. Is that right? I'd be interested to know how they're going to do that because that's the most worrying thing that I we're well, not worrying. I'm sure they've thought about this, but the thing that I haven't really had any clarity on is so we got let's say twenty three thousand seating ticket holders now. If we take out and just knock down the Steve Ball stand, which I I think they have to do at some point then how many people are housed in there eight 000. there won't be enough capacity top, to house yeah. all the season ticket holders and there would have to be some sort of temporary measure whether they reduce the number of away fans that they're allowed in because they did that before when we built the north bank didn't they i think they mm. uh limited the uh, away support capacity but there's got to be a sort of a contingency plan in place for that but it'd be interesting to see what they do
2: because obviously with uh the development of anfield they were able to stay in that centenary stand throughout the building process of it so just basically you've got one day minus two weeks for it to be a building site but it's done in a way that you allow it to be kept open during those game times and I'm not really sure I mean Bayless is probably the person to talk to you on this but the way that modern stadiums seem to be built is that you turn up with a big truck and then you lump it on the floor. You're not sort of sat there <laughs> like a like a one-armed bricklayer trying to, to build, a, build a stand from scratch. So, is 46,000 enough or go around in the
4: circle Start you, Dave? Yeah, I think that is enough. Anything more, like, like 50-odd thousand. I think we could fill it, especially if we're pushing for like the Champions League in a few years or whatever, but say if it does start to go a bit south, obviously I don't think it will, but say if it does, we're going to end up with a very big stadium and only like you know, twenty odd thousand going like before what last the championship. championship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, I won't go too big. I think forty six thousand is the sweet spot, to be honest. Anything over like fifty thousand, I think, we'd probably struggle to fill it consistently. It might be a bit of a controversial thing to say, but that's what I believe anyway.
1: Yeah, I think I think forty six thousand is okay for where we are now. It's a thing on like occasion because we could probably sell fifty five thousand for that Man United cup game, but yeah. but then like you say for the following league game against whoever it whoever it is, if you're playing Bournemouth or somebody, it might then be half full and it does run the risk of looking like Sunderland. One thing we have to also consider is if. If we're putting the capacity up massively by 20,000, that's an extra 20,000 people in the surrounding areas every game. Yeah. So so you need to also think about how you're going to manage the traffic there and uh, these sort of things. You don't want to think about stuff like this, but you know, because the, the terror instance, the amount of people in, it, in a confined space and making sure people can get in and out and all these security measures have to be taken into account as well. But yeah, I think 46,000 is a good number for us right now. And um, unless we are consistently in the Champions League, I don't think we'll need any more for a long time.
2: It's fine, just turn Astra into Wetherspoons. It's <laughs> all so right. Game over. There we go, you it. You're welcome. They'll
1: put, they'll put the toilets where the old Wetherspoons is. not They. You have to walk
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. Uh, right, Kate, okay, we'll move on now to tickets. Hi, I'm George Lukobi. You are listening to The Wolves 77 Club. So, lots of people kicking off this week about tickets and not being able to get one. Lots of people saying, where were you at Gillingham away? And <laughs> I, w- I went. They want to go to Chelsea away. Now. <laughs> yeah, So, I just want to get your thoughts on this. Dave, when this story broke and it all started kicking off on social media, what were your immediate thoughts? It, it's
3: such a difficult one because... For me, Hopefully I've got. You don't fall off that fence. Yeah. No, no, to be fair, for me, it's it's not an issue because um, I was lucky enough to do to do away games the last few years, so I've got enough points now. When we're in the sort of big time as such, to to grab my hands on tickets, I can feel the pain of people that like twenty years ago they were going to every game and and everything. But at the end of the day, like. How, how are you going to prioritise that? What are you going to say, all right, give me your, your Chorley away ticket and we'll give you a ticket to United <laughs> away? It's not going to happen, is it? So I think the way they've got it now is down to a T. I know there were suggestions of maybe a ballot, but then you're sort of risking losing another 1,000 fans who have been doing enough away games. Mm. So it, it, I think the way they've got it now is... is the best way for it for the time being
4: yeah well as someone now I struggle to get away tickets now it's my own fault I just stopped going I went to a couple of the start of the season I stopped going and I've got nothing to, the, the people who go the most should get first choice I saw that ballot argument that Dave just mentioned I get it but then it ain't fair to those 200 people say if they did 200 people yeah. as a ballot who who have got enough points and miss out then so I think the system's fine people all of a sudden pipe up when we go, for example, like Chelsea away coming up or Man United away. That's when the moaning starts, but they won't go to like Sheffield Wednesday on a bloody Tuesday night in the League Cup, will they? So the people who have got the most points deserve it, in my opinion. There should be no argument. I
1: think it's fair. Um, I think there's no perfect way to do it. That's the first thing to get down there. The system that you've got in place does reward loyalty and there are always going to be people who uh, you know, are unhappy with, with the way it's going. There's all this always comes around. There's always a new thread on Modern New Mix every two months or so where some, someone else comes out and says the system needs looking at, the system needs looking at. And I think the main problem here is that the way the system's set up, not so much with the gold and silver seeds and ticket holders, with the loyalty points, is that if you're in a position now where you have got enough points to get a ticket for a game. You can't not buy a ticket for the games that you potentially can't make or don't want to go to for fear of losing your place in the queue. So it's—I see what they're saying by the fact it's a closed shop. And then obviously these seasons get hot. These these tickets that are bought end up in the hands of people who may have even less loyalty points than the people who would been next in the queue if the people above them didn't buy them. So as you say, it's 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 difficult because there's no perfect system. But this sort of stuff's been going on for years. It's no different to someone letting your mate have your season ticket now for a home game if they can't go. And those people who are the first three thousand in the queue have had obviously did have enough points from last season to be able to be in the queue in the queue now. So there's no there's no perfect way of doing it. The only way I could think of doing it is if you say, right, the three thousand people there now who are first in the queue you're all, you're all away season ticket holders and then everything... that you, When you don't buy a ticket, then it goes on the points because then it would stop people having to buy tickets for games they don't particularly want to go to just to keep their points total up. But yeah, I don't know. On the point of a ballot, I wouldn't be against there being a, like a ballot of, say, 200 tickets a game that just go it's about to, to, to see and holders and I think Man United do a similar thing don't they so that means people who can't ever get to an away game suddenly might be able to go to one a season or something like that and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be particularly against that because I do I would like all Wolves fans to experience an away game but at the same time the people who are most loyal have first refusal now and if a few tickets end up being sold on then they've earned the right to do that I suppose
2: Is the system open to abuse Dave? Um,
3: I suppose so in, in, in a similar way to, to what to what you like just mentioned there with the resale thing and I know Wolves have said they're going to be more strict on it but there's so many people that do it like there's there's no way they can police that I know some clubs are like even with home season tickets they're so so strict um, but <laughs> With the way it is, as you say, you're not going to... No one... Well, very rare for most people to make every single game of the season. But as you say, to keep those points up, a lot of people are going to buy tickets to to sell on just to keep their points.
2: My dad is a Liverpool fan. I was talking to him about how he goes to the games and for cup competitions if you're a season ticket holder you get the choice at the beginning of the season to either opt in to uh, each competition or you can opt out of it and if you opt out that seat then becomes available for all cup competitions at Liverpool at Anfield. So then you pay a £50 membership fee And then you go in and you say, I want tickets for the, in this case, for Liverpool would be Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup. So then once you're locked in to that, you have to buy every single cup ticket that comes along. (laughs) So it's all worked out on the card. So your membership card. So if I can't go, uh, which is uh, unlikely because it usually gets to go to most of the games, if not, then I will give it to a mate or sell it to a friend and someone that I trust with the card and then get the card back. Mm. So I was sort of saying that what's stopping you from getting it printed out at the ticket office and selling it on? And you sort of saying, well, you'd have to just come up with an excuse and then you probably do that, but they'd probably catch on to you pretty quickly with what you're doing. So I think that sort of works in a way is that if you say, I don't want a cup ticket, thanks, and that applies to the entire FA Cup run. Obviously, theirs wasn't very long at all. And they didn't have a game, <laughs> but in in the case of the Champions League, obviously now, you know you've been through the the group games, and obviously you have six games there, and then in those knockout stages with with two games uh, being played in each tie. So, is this something that the entire Premier League, as in all twenty Premier League clubs, need to start doing together in a clamp down against touts to say that your season card can work? at for example Anfield in the away end so that you have a code loaded onto your season ticket card like you have at Wolves and that works when you go through the gates at Anfield stop people selling on their tickets who's thoughts on that
1: uh, but that's firstly I don't think that's going to happen where you're going to get this this is similar to a, a thing some sort of one of the guys said on one of the forums is that well cuz with with this topic if everyone who's against it, very few of them actually have an idea that would actually work as an alternative. That's why it's interesting. It's because, oh, well, I don't like the system. Well, give us a reasonable alternative and then they can't come up with one. And one guy's idea was like, oh, everyone has to be ID'd on the away fans turnstiles by the steward and everyone's ticket. Your face needs to be printed on the tickets. like it's not Glastonbury. <laughs>
3: like, keep, yeah. the,
1: the thing we have to remember here is the club aren't particularly bothered about this because the tickets are getting sold and uh, it's any, implementing any of that is going to be an, an excess cost to them that they don't need so going back to the original point uh, no i don't think that it, it needs to be unified particularly when you know i've said it before about spurs tickets before they went to the new stadium that season league holders there could make more money selling their tickets on the uh, StubHub resale site that they're an official partner with then actually, that basically they could just give their, sell a ticket for the big five games of the season and then make more than the season ticket they paid for in the first place. So when you've got clubs allowing people to do that because it's the vested interest because it's one of their partners then you, you've really got no chance and I don't think it's so much about touting with Wolves to be honest, it might be uh, if we do get to the Champions League level but this is just more a fact of people, people wanting away tickets now and they can't get them because they didn't go last year if I'm brutally honest.
2: Also, the person that said put your face on the ticket, I mean, most turnstiles are unmanned now anyway, so you're going to have some AI saying, mm. is, is it you or not? What,
4: how would that like, be? passport control. Yeah. Passport control <laughs> like you slide it That's in. That's going to be great for us.
1: I mean, we never make a kickoff anyway. Can you imagine us turning <laughs> up at 10 past three? And, it's and, me. And, and, it's and, me. <laughs> we'll just we'll get in for added time in the second half.
2: It's fine. I'll just take a picture of myself with we'll Dribble and beer all over me and then they'll be <laughs> straight in. Um, so I think we can all agree that we should do like a Hunger Games-style thing. Perfect. Okay, uh, we'll move on now.
4: Now to this Harry's funny, <laughs> funny story yeah so you may have heard, heard of this this week um, a Wolves fan Josephine Johnson this was in the Sun mm. has been barred from Molyneux for allegedly throwing a pie at a West Ham fan now <laughs> she is saying <laughs> her defence is a she put. A piece of meat shot out and hit a West Ham fan below. <laughs> I leaned over to apologise, and he hurled abuse at me and called the steward. So she's claiming that she coughed and the meat flew down and hit him on the oh head. My so have been mad. Pretty funny. Um, <laughs> if that is true, it's pretty harsh, isn't it? That she's accidentally coughed and the meat if, if, hit if him that's in the that's true, Harry,
1: that is not true. <laughs> 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 have, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Right. Okay, we'll move on to the 77 Club quiz. Can I ask a you a question? on the wall. Yes. What's, what's that? Not the same as Harry's funny story about two weeks ago, where someone threw a pie on the pitch and got banned. That was a. Bor- no, that was actually threw it with their hand.
4: Yeah, they threw it with their hand, didn't they? She's she's accidentally coughed and spit this out of someone's <laughs> head, Jack. So it's a bit different.
1: Well, yeah, in that case, miscarriage of justice, man. Let's get <laughs> three years. Three years is a long time. That's though, a isn't big, it? yeah. It ain't like a brick, is it? It's just a ah, bit of pie. Mate, let's get this, let's get the banners out. Free Stephen Avery. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Magic mirror on the wall.
0: Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? It is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77th of quiz.
2: So quiz time, and we'll do an FA Cup and Manchester United theme. We mentioned it earlier. 2006 was the last time we played Manchester United in the FA Cup. It was a tie at Molyneux. And it was on the 29th of January, 4th round. So what we're going to do is a home or away, which means you can have one point if you can name a player from the starting 11 for Wolves on that day, or you can have two points if you can get a Manchester United player. It is 2006, gents, just to uh, give you a bit of a clue, and uh, pretty strong sides from both sides, and that's where the clues stop. So if we can have an order,
1: please. I'll go first. Harry. I'll go second.
3: Jack. Go and yeah. are you,
1: are, Dave. Dave. Dave's playing for Bayliss then, yeah? Dave is playing for Bayliss. Bayliss might be all right here. <laughs> might have a Sorry chance. <laughs> <for> Bayless, <yeah. laughs> what year was it? Was it 2006, you say? 2006, 2006 yeah. yeah. I, can remember, I, went, I can remember going to the game. We lost 3-0, didn't we? Um,
4: Correct. I'm going to go with, because I believe he scored that day. He may have even got two. Kieran Richardson for Man United. Kieran Richardson is... Correct. He did score a goal
2: that
1: day. Jack. 12 years ago. God damn it. Patrice Evra.
2: Patrice Evra is...
3: Incorrect. Mm. Dave, going home or away? I'll go away as well. Okay. I can't... Being honest, I can't remember this game. Uh, I'll go with Tim Howard in goal. Tim Howard is... It. it was incorrect. incorrect, so
4: background to Harry. Uh, Home away, Harry. I'm gonna go away again, yeah, because everyone there. I'm gonna go, go with Gabrielle Hines, like the sort oh, of Hines, is yeah. says... yeah.
0: incorrect,
1: oh. Oh. Jack. Oh god, Jodie Craddock, save me. Get the <Lord>. <Okay>. It ain't there, is (laughs) it? It ain't there. That's right.
5: You can tell by (laughs) your
2: (laughs) laugh. Oh dear. 2006, man, that's hard. Back round to you, Dave. Olafinjana,
4: it's going home. Olafinjana is.
3: (laughs)
5: Incorrect. Oh my god! We've got to get one (laughs) Wolves
4: player. 2006, Sam. I'm going to go with a Wolves player. Yeah. I'll go with Kenny Miller.
5: Kenny
2: Miller. Yeah. Oh,
1: Point yeah, Harry, good work. Jack Oh God, I'm getting my years struggled here. I'm trying to think of a United player. Oh, what about what's his name? Uh Bartes. Oh, Fabian Bartes in yes. two thousand and six. Is that alright? <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> We're <laughs> good <laughs> we <laughs> are.
3: This was twelve this was no 13, I don't think 12. it would have been in golf, you know. Um I'll go away, I'll go Ferdinand.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. Rio that
3: Ferdinand really... is correct <laughs> two
2: points yeah. for Dave back round to Harry home away Harry uh, I'll go away Vidic Vidic Vidic, Vidic. is correct <laughs> Very nice Jeez. Jack
1: Paul Scholes Paul Scholes is
2: <laughs> in oh my god I've, I've had
1: enough of this this is stupid
2: <laughs> Jack is on zero points I'll go away try Gary Neville Gary Neville <laughs>
4: Good work, Dave. Two points to Dave. Back round to Harry. Home away, Harry. Uh, I'm trying to think of everybody left back. No, Hines, no Everett. Uh, okay, I'll just go with Wayne Rooney away. Wayne Rooney is... Correct.
1: Jack, let's get some points uh, on the board. Well, I've got, I've got an absolute banker here, mate. Eric Jemba Jemba. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Jemba
4: <Jember-Jember. laughs>
1: yeah, that's true, that's mad. Oh. Right, okay. Uh, Dave. <laughs>
2: Um, try Mark Kennedy for Wolves. Mark Kennedy oh, is
4: man. correct. <laughs> oh, Harry, I'll go with wow, <laughs> Julian, and Les Wolves.
5: Good work, one point. Yeah. Jack,
1: um, <laughs> oh, Alex Ray.
3: <laughs> no, Alex well, Ray? It, it, Ray. it left age the <laughs> Oh dear um, I'll try Colin Cameron Wolves I've got one now got Oh one. good one Colin Cameron one. is incredible. <laughs> oh my god Harry uh,
4: I'm going to go with Matt Murray Wolves Jesus Christ <laughs> How many Wolves players we got? How many Man New players have we got to, to help? We've probably play, got
2: don't we? half United not we? We've got yeah. most of Wolves to be fair I
4: think
1: I've got a Wolves player now. Really? Gone on then yeah, Jack yeah, yeah. Paul Butler
2: <laughs> What? <laughs> Are you serious? Paul Butler You're <laughs> thinking like nice, <laughs> thinking nice, <is> <laughs> Too late You're
3: or? thinking early prem- Premiership days yeah. Oh dear um, Yeah If Murray wasn't in goal It was either uh, Let's go Michael Oaks I think that's too late
4: oh. mm. Okay I'm going to go Wolves-Hennessy oh, Yeah Jesus. I'll that
3: Oh my God! Who was in goal? Go on, Jack. Guess a keeper. Oh, Rude Nistelrooy. He is in wow. there, but yeah, he is in there. Dave. So, Who have we had? We've had Hennessy, No Murray, No one. Michael Oakes. <laughs> could have been in goal for. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. You said the other one. Yeah? Uh, let's go. Wolves. Um, Sean Newton? That's too late. Isn't it?
2: Oh my life! Right. Okay. We'll do one. We'll do one more round
4: of players, starting with you, Harry. Is there any pressure on me with scores wise? No, uh, you've won the quiz. No,
1: I've I've definitely lost, mate. Okay,
4: well I'm going to go with Ryan Giggs,
1: (sighs) (laughs) Jack, Carl Henry. Oh God! Oh wow!
3: (laughs) We are so bad. Oh Dave, put us out of (laughs) misery. Seol Kee So Seol oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, That's, that's a, good,
3: that's right, a good okay. shot. I'll put you, you on the Let's
2: start with Manchester United You had Edwin van der Sar in goal oh, oh, well, No one get that Gary no, no, no Neville was ever. in there Wes Brown Mikhail Silvestre Viditri had oh, wow. Rio Ferdinand yes Kieran Richardson yes Park G sung Louis Saha oh, Wayne yeah. Rooney and Van Destroy up front that's quite hard, that In the Wolves goal we had Stefan Posmer Oh, uh oh, you that yeah put that down. Uh, Rob Edwards Gabor Yepes, <laughs> Julian Jesus Lester uh, Lescott Lee Naylor Darren Anderson oh. in there with Paul Lint Mark Kennedy Carl Court and Sol Keehun
3: and Paul. Kenny Miller so there wow.
1: how was that only 3-0 that game read that Wolves team out. <laughs> no how I,
3: was that only 3-0 I, half of those I thought had like moved on by that point because I was like Paul Lintz I, I didn't think was still playing then there was, I remember that game now, you say that, but I just thought Paul Lynch was a couple of years before that, like he'd gone there. Yeah, mm. yeah. So. so there you go.
2: Yeah. Um, in that game. Who won? Uh, Manchester United 3-0. <laughs> no, the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Who won have lost? Uh, I, def- I definitely won. lost. The quiz. I- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Jack takes the bungee jump points for this week. Oh, so is, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll
2: be all right. <laughs> I sure you will be. <laughs> uh, that brings an end to episode sixty-five of the Seventy-Seven Club. Big thank you for Dave as a party for stepping in this week. Thank you. And uh, your pundits also were Harry Mansell. Yeah. See you, everyone. And Jack Williams. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Game,
0: game, game. The Seventy-Seven Club, the Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army, Sports Social Podcast Network.